All we need is a place to be And a few good friends for some company If you'd like to stay, you don't have to leave We'll leave the lights on and the door unlocked If you drop on by, you don't have to knock We're happy to share whatever we've got about to just spend uh we were about to just spend an hour here talking chuck with absolutely no audio oh that would have been so lame so welcome <laughs> welcome to uh, uh on uh, already started episode number three of a west seattle nascast in depth chuck was just talking about you and alice and how young you are well, that that was in our previous church. We were the youngest, and there there wasn't any children or anything such as you have here. And uh, I come here, and I seen a church full of pretty full of children and uh, young people too. Uh, uh, some teenagers, which boy, that that thrilled me. I I, I have a heart for young uh, teenagers and so on. I, I like the kids. And well, I, okay, this first, that begs the question, do I still count as young in your book? Uh, yeah, you're just a young, youngin'. I'm yeah. the youngin'. But, but he does a tremendously good job. I, I appreciate him a lot. Thank you, the check's in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I have nothing negative to say about Sean, nothing at all. Let's all a uh, show of hands for how many could say the same thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> lie, lie, lie. <laughs> no. Chuck, I want to start here. Um, you're 89, correct? Just turned 89. 89th of January. 89 years young, seasoned veteran. Um, and I want to start with you. We're going to, we're going to, in a minute, we're going to go back to, to your birth and we're going to get the story that is Chuck Birch. Um, but, but when I think of you, I think of a churchman. I think of somebody who loves the church and who is passionate about the church and is connected to the church, um, who has given themselves to the work of the church lived out in the neighborhoods that you've lived in. And so I want to start with a kind of abstract question that just says, where does that come from? Where, what, how did you become someone who has given your life to this thing called the body of Christ? Hmm. Well, when I was young, I lived alone. Uh, my nearest neighbor was a uh, half mile away. My youngest sister was uh, six and a half years older. Gen generally, uh, old sister like that, old, six and a half years old, uh, wouldn't have much to do with uh, a kid of my stature. And... Uh, I had a lot of time on my hands, and and I, I think at a very early age I started to realize that there was a something, something directing this universe, even even before I was ten. I I don't. It's so long ago. It's hard for me to remember. Be honest with you. Who can remember eighty some years ago? It's but that's the way it happened. Uh, uh, I think God speaks to all of us if we just listen. And uh, is that is that why you're you're drawn? For those who don't know, John Wesley 
is kind of the pillar of where our Wesleyan tradition comes out of. If you go back, he's from the 1700s. But you have been drawn since I've known you to to John Wesley and the Wesleyan uh, theological tradition, which emphasizes this idea of provenient grace, that God's grace goes before. Oh, oh absolutely. It's as sound as a principle as we have. And John Wesley was a f- person that I'm sure if he taught us something wrong, he would correct it. He he admitted his errors. He he republished papers and so on. I I studied John Wesley quite a lot, and I, I learned to love that guy, even though he's ancient compared to me in year, years that he lived. And of course, Jesus is even more ancient. So. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, when we think of Moses, it's even more ancient. Well, so, now you're getting now you're getting back to Pastor Bonnie's time. Yeah, well, I'll leave it to Pastor Bonnie. Um, She's okay. a lo- lovely lady. Absolutely, <laughs> seriously, absolutely. Um, we okay. We like dove right into the deep end of the pool. So let's back up a little bit. Uh, Eighty-nine years old. I'm terrible at math. So what year were you born? Nineteen thirty-three. Nineteen. 1933, and you were the youngest of four kids? Five. Five? Five kids? I had two brothers, two sisters. They're all gone now. My, I just lost my last sister last month. Wow. Yeah. Wow. What was what were your siblings' names? Uh, I called my brother Jack and Harold and Mary and Helen and myself. Okay. Uh, what were your parents' names? What were your parents' names? Uh, Gilbert and uh, Mabel. Those are strong names. Yeah, they were typical names for the era they grew up. You have to realize my dad homesteaded in 1909 at 19 years old, so... Uh, for <laughs> this is almost embarrassing, but for the young kids in the room, like, you know, Jeffrey, what's homesteading? Homesteading, the, the government of uh, the United States give land if you were to, I think it's 160 acres. And if you improved it every year, you got it for free. You had to put in so much, so many dollars worth of improvements. And uh, one, one of them, of course, was to build a house on it. And I, I grew up in a log cabin like Abraham Lincoln. Really? Yeah. Wait, I'm guessing there was not uh, indoor plumbing. No, there, there's a little outhouse, uh, uh, but uh, far enough away to keep, uh, well, whatever. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait. So, like, in the middle of the night, if you had a you, you soda had pop. You take a trip out there. If you had a soda pop too late to bed, and you had to go in the middle of the night, you had to, like, get up and go outside. and. That's life. What if there was a bear? Tough on the bear. <laughs> I, I, we didn't have bears. No. So where did you grow up? Where did you grow up? Montana. Montana. What part yeah. of Montana? The western part. Uh, somewhere between, uh, maybe you'd know three-fourths Montana. It's where the Missouri uh, starts and uh, Helena. Yeah. About halfway between. Okay. And out in the country, about 15 miles. I, I didn't get to town while I was a kid. There are, there are two reasons uh, I love Montana. Would you care to know? 
Why not? Thanks. Thanks for <laughs> pretending to be interested. Uh, the first goes back to when I was 18 and I fell in love with all the girls of a youth group in Montana. And uh, that was when Pastor Laura brought her uh, youth group out here. And uh, it was the start of, uh, actually, I shouldn't just joke. It was the start of an imagination that could, for me, I could begin to see a concept of doing ministry. Um, the second is Yellowstone. Have you ever watched the show Yellowstone? No. Oh. Ken Sr., have you watched the show Yellowstone? It's so good. Oh, I've got it recorded and I need to. Chuck, um, well, well... maybe I will watch it. Uh, well, let's start there. I know you're a good churchman, but can you as a good churchman handle some curse words in a show? Well, uh, some of the words you may call curse, I don't. But, okay. But, <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, uh, but, but then maybe, maybe you should watch Yellowstone. Maybe, maybe we're even. I, I don't know. I... I don't. I don't think we should curse anything. But okay, if that happens, it happens. Well, I, I guess if if you it, it's somebody else doing it. It's not me. If you if you like Yellowstone, then I recommended it to you. If you if it's too much for you, and you don't like it. Ken Senior recommended it to you. Oh, <laughs> actually, in all Ken Senior, you're you're so right. I actually. Um, I've been thinking about what I want to do for my sabbatical, and part of me, after watching that show, wants to go just drive around Montana. It looks beautiful. Tell us, tell us, Chuck, about um, growing up in Montana. What was what was that like? What was it like being a half a mile away from your closest neighbor? And I'm guessing, I'm guessing your imagination had to run wild because that's you know you well, had you. There, there's really nothing exciting to tell you about that. It it just Year after year, you became another year older, and uh, you farmed, you raised your crops, you sold them in town, and uh, it's raised some chickens. You have to realize we didn't have refrigeration as a young fellow, so we canned everything. Uh, uh, everything we had, and we kept stuff in the cellar, to keep it from freezing, and uh, it's pretty like the ancient natives lived wait, wait. off the land, pretty much. We we but the only thing we bought was wheat uh, or flour and sugar. That was it. Or we had lots of honey because there was a lot of honeybees and that kind of thing. But. Uh, how excited were you the first time you ever had a refrigerator in your home? Never happened. Wait, when you were growing up? No. How old were you in the first... Okay, yeah. how old were you the first time you had a refrigerator in the place you were, you lived? My gosh. I, teenager? I let's see. Teenager or adult? Well, they had refrigerators where I went to college. But but I I didn't I don't remember Whew. ever living in a home that we had a refrigerator in. Wow. Uh, wait. Okay. Follow up question. How old were you the first time you lived in a place that had indoor plumbing? I, when I went to school. Oh my college. goodness. College. Oh my Jeffrey, do you realize how spoiled you are? I, I suppose my. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Electricity. Didn't have it. 
had kerosene lamps. I, I, I and Abe Lincoln have something in common. <laughs> Chuck, this is fascinating. This is great. Okay, um, you, we were having breakfast today, and you told me that it was it your dad that went fishing every year. Yes, and I, made more in four months of fishing. That's right, up in Alaska. How old were you when he would do that? I think I was twelve when he started. I, I was left at home. My mom was uh, bedridden by that time, and I had a brother that was uh, mentally challenged. Uh, is what I I think the proper term is today okay he may have had autism for instance but but it wasn't diagnosable at that time what was your mom bedridden for uh rheumatoid arthritis really bad her knees were three times as big as they should be and it's it's uh pretty sad and so you are you say 12 I was about 12. I was, I was caregiver for my brother and my mom. As a 12-year-old? As a 12-year-old. Without indoor yep. plumbing? Without any plumbing. Or electricity? That's correct. That blows my mind. How did you do it? That's, that's hard work. Well, I, I never thought of it as hard work. It just was something I had to do. And... I also worked at 12 years old on a job for a rancher nearby, $4 a day, 10-hour <laughs> day. And then I'd milk cows after I got through and separate and feed the calves. The but pigs. wait, hold on. No, hold on. You just said you were the caregiver for your mom and your brother. How did you have time for this stuff? Well, it was long hours. I, I probably put in at least 15 18 hours something like that i i slept some did so did you go to school not not during the summer this is during the summer oh, during my summer. dad okay. was there during you. the winter i got you and he of course took his share of the load i don't remember much about school it was a one room schoolhouse this this sounds like little house in the prairie and uh, it <laughs> The schoolhouse obviously was the center of all activities for the whole uh, counter county. Practically, we would go there for Christmas. Uh, we'd go there for dancing, and uh, farmers would dance around. They'd have fiddlers and square dancing, which was has a collar and a few things. I I went to sleep over in the corner. I hate. <laughs> Did. You I know the Nazarenes didn't like dancing back then, but uh, did did you know? Did I guess the I guess the question should be: Did your family? Did you grow up going to church? Was no, a, no okay. heavens, no. There's no church out there. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I I didn't leave the country much until I was in high school. Wow. Did you? Okay. Did your family grow? Like, were they a were they a family that believed in God, practiced faith, like in the context of their home, or was that not I, a part of your upbringing? I, I don't recall any religious. My aunt may have come and lived with us for a while and give me a little religious background. A little old time religion. Yeah, she she was. Uh,
give me okay we gotta move on or we'll be here all night this is fascinating we're gonna have to have like four episodes with you um can you so like it's, it's so obvious but i still would to, you know for the sake of document on a podcast can you can you give us a sense of the ways in which that early upbringing montana caring for your mom caring for your sibling um how how did that shape you for the rest of your life well it's pretty obvious you learn a bit about caring for others and it 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 kind of rolls over into caring for everybody that uh, if you have that sense built into your psyche uh I I don't want to be negative about anybody. I don't want to c- criticize anybody. I, I want them as friends. I, I've always said I always have room for more friends in my life. And if somebody wants to be my friend, so be it. It's that simple for me. Chuck, we could turn off the podcast here and we got gold. We're not going to, but we could. Um you go to college. Where where'd you go to college? Uh, Montana School of Mines. How far was that from where you lived? Mm, probably 110 miles or so. So what was that like? You grew up in a you grew up in a part of Montana where you were a half a mile away from your closest neighbor. You were a caregiver. You worked. You uh, I mean, you, you put in long days and then you go to school far, far away from everything you knew. What was that whole new world like? Well, I, I would like to back up a little bit. I, I had a teacher in high school that encouraged me to go to uh, Montana Tech, uh, School of Mines. And uh, I wouldn't have got a college education if it wasn't for that man. Do you remember his name? Evie Rayner. He was about a 34-year-old man. That uh, His brother was uh, a graduate of that school, and he, he told me I should become a mining engineer. Well, I became a metallurgical engineer because I found out by working in the mines when I was going to school uh, what mining engineers did, and I didn't <laughs> I, I didn't care for that job that I seen him doing. So, <laughs> is that you said Evie? What was Evie the name? Evie Rayner, R E Y N E R. Is there any sense in which your your care for young people and even the work you later did with young people in the church was influenced by Evie and the influence or his influence to, for you going to school? Well, he influenced me to go to school. Uh, my first marriage wife uh, encouraged me to work more with young people. Okay. And uh, it's uh, one of the parts of my life I would not want to change. It, it was so beautiful to work with young people. Uh, we worked about 12 years right down to, at this church with the Red Cross on it. It was the United Methodist Church, uh, and uh, I really didn't cover. My parents were somewhat uh, like the United uh, the Methodist Church, and uh, it's 
been named other things and changed their name many times to go get to the United Methodists. And I, I'm not too familiar with all that. But okay. so, uh, so back to the school question now. Uh, e- Evie convinces you to go to school. What was that like? That's got to be a whole new world. It was an adventure that to go to school. I, I didn't have a clue what it meant. Uh, however, I made it through that school. They usually flunked out about 70% of the students. But not Chuck Birch. Well, they didn't flunk me out. But, uh, That's right. I, they could have, probably. <laughs> yeah. Four, yeah. It was a tough school. It was hard. Four-year school? Yeah. I... I don't know how many know. I took 20 credits every semester. That's more than a full load of uh, college. And uh, usually about 17, maybe 15 is a full-time student. And uh, they called it a four-year school, but it should have been probably a five-year school. Uh, taking that many credits, uh, your, your grades suffer because of the volume of... Uh, what you have to study. You can only study so much. You can't. I, I don't think I slept much during that time, and I didn't have a life away from school, actually. I, I studied all weekend. That's the way I made it through school. It wasn't because I had the smarts up here to do it. I worked hard. I tenacious. It, it took tenacity. It's... You go to that school and you're not going to party much, I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, you get done with school and is that when you made your trek to the Pacific Northwest or, or what was next? I come out here after I graduated. Okay. Yeah, I, I worked for Bethlehem Steel for 34 years. Yeah, I put in my full career. Now... You got to compare that to what kids today are facing, and it's yeah. uh, it's a whole new world. It, it's it's frightening to me to think that I would grow up in this era. I, I, in fact, I think I'm happy that I'm so old. <laughs> yeah. Thirty-four years at one job. Okay, but we get we we got there's stuff we're skipping. When did you meet your wife? Your first wife. I met her in school about my sophomore year. Wait a second. Yeah. Did you just fib to us? Well, I had a little time for her. You said you didn't have a social life. (laughs) It wasn't much of a social life. Well, you must have had enough time to do some smooching. Uh, Well, maybe one or twice. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you met... I, I, I'm not brain dead, you know. <laughs> Chuck Birch. the man. Um, what was her name? Huh? What was her name? Hmm. So long ago, I don't... <laughs> oh, my. Beverly. Beverly. Beverly Morrison. Okay, Beverly Morrison, and you met her your sophomore year. How long did you date? How long did you court... Beverly, Miss Beverly Morrison, before you, uh, until proposed. I graduated. Okay. And did you guys get married that summer or? No. I graduated, uh, what was it? 
think it was the 2nd of June and married on the 8th. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we 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 made fine. We made it fine. We we went on an adventure. I uh, after school, I went back east and was hired in the corporate office and stayed there for probably six weeks of uh, orientation training and come out here and was rehired. They fired me there and they <laughs> sent me out here and I was rehired at the corporate offices in San Francisco at the time. So I knew where I was going. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They... How was the adjustment from somebody who grew up in Montana where you lived very far from your closest neighbor to move into the big city? It's a, it's an adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a whole different life in the city. Yeah. Yeah. You have neighbors within fifty feet. You and uh, in fact, I lived in a duplex. They had neighbors through the wall. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you about having neighbors in their basement. Whew. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to get into that. <laughs> um, you and Beverly, you you guys were married a good while. Well, before she passed away, correct? How long? I think it was six months short of fifty years. And uh, hmm, yeah, it's six months short of fifty years. I I thought we were going to make it, but we didn't quite. Uh, well, um, you had two kids? Two kids, yes. And their names are? Uh, Gary and Deanne. Gary and Deanne. And Gary lives in Pennsylvania and Deanne right, lives in Seattle. Right. I, I just took a trip back there to see my great-grandchildren. I have three of them. Mm. And uh, they look great. So what was, if we were to, uh, yeah, if, let's put it this way. If, if, if Facebook and Instagram... Uh, were around uh, in those uh, forty-nine years. Uh, what were some of the? What would some of the snapshots we would see of of your life with Beverly and Gary and Diane? What was a? What did life look like? Give us a sense of of what that was. What was like for you all? Well, I I, I thought we were quite a tight family. We loved one another and expressed it daily. As uh, long as the kids were at home and unmarried. Uh, uh, they worked their way through school, both of them, uh, got college degrees. Uh, Gary was uh, among the top itself. He had, he had straight A's in high school, uh, un unlike myself. Uh, mine, I may have had a B average plus, but nothing special, uh, I don't think. I'd give anything for a B average plus. <laughs> um, what did your wife pass away from? Uh, congestive heart failure. Okay. Yeah, her mom died at fifty-four or fifty-two. She she looked after her brother and sister for several years, and uh, he's a little older than myself, but. Uh, very mature, and I liked mature yeah. women. It's, 
Chuck, still, still do. Chuck Birch likes mature women. Yeah. She was very mature. She quit school, gave up her dream to take mm. care of uh, her brother and sister. Wow. Uh, wow. And she... She was studying to be a dental hygienist. Which, and I don't want to skip past this too much because, again, with time, we want we it's really easy to rush. But you mentioned she was an influence for you in terms of your giving yourself away to mis- ministry uh, with young people. Well, I, I've never been as outgoing as I might be uh, now. I, it's something I developed over the years, and these kids they beat me around and taught me a few things <laughs> to be honest with you yeah uh, i i learned more than they did from me uh, uh, of course uh, i've always had a sound principle in my faith yeah yeah that's good i it was interesting to uh to interview josh a couple weeks ago because when i first met josh uh he was in my youth group yeah. And now, uh, in many ways, he is my teacher uh, in life. So I, well, I can he, identify with that. He's a mature young man now. I, I like Josh a lot. So... You were married to Beverly for 49 years, and she passes away. How? Well, what does that do to your life? That? What does that do to your life? I, 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 I can't imagine. Oh, it's hard to explain. It just throws your life out of whack, totally. Yeah. Actually, some of my youth group used to come around to help me. Yeah. How old were you? How old were you when Beverly passed? Gosh. (laughs) Right now, I don't know. That's okay. (laughs) Well, 49 years, if you were married uh, three days after college, um, somebody is good at math. 26 plus 49 would be it. 26 plus 49. Whatever that is. Whatever that is. 75 or 70, so. 75. Wow. Yeah. I, she died in 2007. So I don't, I don't know. And I don't. I got married in 58, so it's 42 plus... 17. Yeah, I. My pause here is um, because I don't want to rush past 49 years. And I think about just some, you know, I being married to Kristen for what, nine ish years, eight, nine years. I can, I can name the influence she's had on me um, and the ways I've changed and my world, how my worldviews change and. Um, so I can only imagine, I can only imagine how that must be for you and, and Beverly. Um, and so there's a part of me that feels reticent to like, 
rush past this massive part of who Chuck Birch is. And yet, as as someone who's gone to church with you and who's been your pastor, I, I've known you as Chuck and Alice. Well... Alice was previously married 54 years to her husband. So Alice was married before there was Chuck and Alice. Yeah. Alice was married for 54 years, had four boys. That's correct. And Chuck was married 49 years and had two kids. We got and, a lot of marriage under our belts. And, so if you want to figure it out. And if I have the story correctly, your two families attended church together Right. I, I knew Alice for 60 years before we got married. And I knew her husband. They, they were fine people. Her husband died in 2005. Mine and wife died in 2007. And her husband and I made a pact that we'd look after each other's wife should we conk out. Yeah. Hmm. So I'm looking after Alice now. I was uh and as my wife I, I, I love her just as much as I did Beverly, be frank with you. It's Yeah, she's in a condition that's heartbreaking to me. Oh, Chuck, you're doing so good, though. You're caring for her. I, again, I don't want to move past the heaviness of this moment, but I have, this is one of the questions I have written down. What was your, like, when, you, you know, you're 75, uh, you, you're, or you're around somewhere between 75 and 80 at that point. Uh, well, no, probably about 75. And you're uh, looking to court uh, young Alice. Uh, what was your go-to move? Did you have a, a solid first pickup line? I mean, how did you woo her? Well, I, <laughs> I, I asked her son if it was all right if I would romance her a bit. <laughs> her eldest son. You asked her son if... You could romance her a bit. <laughs> That's a solid move, Chuck. <laughs> and he said yes. I'm gonna call up. I'm gonna call up my father-in-law tonight and ask him if it's okay if I romance Kristen a little bit. Well, it's up to you, <laughs> Chuck. That's solid. I'm just taking notes here. You, you. Well, it's it's the truth. If you want to check with the son, you. you uh, he no, was, he I, was floored by the question. I'm yeah. sure he was, <laughs> as he should be. Oh, Chuck, that's so good. Let's uh, let's take a quick break, and then um, I we're gonna have more goodness, more good questions. We'll be right back. Chuck, you're so good. I don't know. I I don't feel that way. My, Anybody need a quick cup of coffee or anything before we dive back in? And um. I will, uh, we are going to do the lightning round. I've got more, so it, we may go a little bit long tonight. If you need to go, totally understand, but this is gold, and I don't, yeah. I, yeah. I will try to go 
as fast as we can, but I also don't want to just say, oops, we're on a certain time. We're, we're done, Chuck. So um, I totally get it. It's a, it's a school night if you need to go. Oh. Yeah, let's uh, – what's that? Yeah, that's a good – thank you for reminding Can we Can we take 10 more seconds since we didn't get that um, so that we have that? So on your mark, get set, go. All right, welcome back. Chuck, let's talk about faith. Uh, you you mentioned earlier that you did not uh, grow up uh, going to church, but that was uh, because you, you grew up very far away from anything else. So, when did uh, when did the regular practice of, of participating in rhythms of worship uh, begin for you? Well. I had a roommate in college, uh, of course, and uh, we, we shared a room together, and he was Catholic, so I went to the Catholic Church for probably uh, my first encounter there w with him, and uh, <laughs> I, I found some elements of the Catholic Church kind of almost funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Confession, for instance, that 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 kind of floored me. <laughs> I I would go with him to confession, but I wouldn't go in to the, where the priest was and confess anything. <laughs> this uh, wasn't my, my way of doing things. You didn't you didn't feel the need to confess your smooching with well, Beverly. Just kidding. I didn't think I did anything. That <laughs> was bad. I'm just kidding. I didn't, hadn't learned anything to do bad. So you started. Uh, your, you started with a roommate who took you to the Catholic Church. How long did that last before you decided to be one of the protesting many? It, it probably lasted three months, and I went with other kids to other churches and for a while. And I started going to the Methodist Church sometime. I, I can't tell you exactly. Uh, it's just too long ago. And uh, we, we had a young adult group, and Beverly, of course, was part of that. And I, I paid no attention to her at first, uh, obviously. Playing hard to get? Huh? You're playing hard to get? I, I was very bashful. I, I, I'm still maybe uncomfortable somewhat in, in, but I've grown into what I am today you can better know what I am like yourselves today I, I, I don't think I'm quite as bashful as I once was I'm reserved yes okay. yeah I don't often talk like this but with a group of listeners so when did faith like we talk a lot about the personal decision to follow and uh when did it become personal when did you decide this is the path i'm i'm in when did you when would you say you got saved well 
Hmm. All I know is I had a Bible and I studied it a lot and uh, found the, the history of the Christian faith and the Jewish faith in the Old Testament and particularly the Christian faith to be pretty down to earth, wonderful, and uh, the promises of the faith is great. Uh, the exact date, I don't know. You, you just kind of grow into it. Uh, you, you are Wesleyan. Huh? You are Wesleyan. I am, yes. I, I love Wesley. Uh, and be sure that what impressed me about this church, it's, it was started by Wesley. I, I don't know how many of uh, you... I know if you went through a class with Sean, he would have told you. They probably fell asleep. Or, or Pastor Terry or whomever would have told you, you would know that Wesley started, uh, had a great influence on the Nazarene church. And he, he was a... If you ever studied him, I, I forget how many sermons he preached, but uh, today's pastor would have to live 500 years to preach as much as he did a number of sermons. He would serve, uh, in other words, he'd preach twice a day. Well, I mean, I'd like to think. And maybe more. I'd like to think it's more about quality over quantity, Chuck. Well, I think the Just quantity kidding. was long. <laughs> I, 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 I think if you, you think he gives a long sermon, <laughs> you've got to listen to Pastor... Pastor Wesley. <laughs> yeah. Wesley, yes. So, so for you and Beverly and your kids, was church, going to church that just kind of the normal thing for your guys' life? Yes. Serving in the church, being there, doing youth leadership, that, those kind of things? That's right. What are, can you give us... Um, Give us some uh, some. You've you've had lots of experience in ministry and, and being a part of the church. Give us, can you give us a couple moments where where you just stand out as these were maybe joyful times of of being a part of the church, or, or on the flip side, some moments of pain that came with being a part of the church. Well, I was uh, when we were going down to the Seaview Church, which is a Red Cross church down there. Uh, things we would do, uh, another man and myself called every night for about three months in this neighborhood here, door to door, and uh, did it bring in a lot of people? I think it brought in two, maybe. <laughs> you went door to door. We went door to door. Sometimes we'd go in and sit down with a couple, and other times... Uh, they wouldn't invite us in, so we'd move on. Yeah, we went door to door. I, I, I probably covered almost all that area in a three-month period, uh, almost up to the junction. Okay, you said tonight that you... Uh, this is after work. 
Yeah. You went and put in a full day at work. Yes. Got off work and thought... I had a friend that uh, I would go calling. Hmm. Yeah. You said earlier that you were, I don't know the exact word you used, but bashful or you were not... You were not the most uh, the first person that would be at the front. Oh, I forced myself to do these things. So it, what? It, it was not in my psyche. To, what is it that? What is it that got you to those doors and knocked and and wanted to connect with your neighbors? I I, I think everybody needs the church today. It's it's. I I found it very fulfilling at the time and and uh, i thought more people ought to be enjoying the fulfillment of their lives that they have a purpose they have a a, a supreme authority that guides their life if they just you just have to engage with it you, you just you, you'll never really feel the fulfillment of yourself without Knowing the, that there is a power on earth that's one day going to judge us all. Uh, if you don't believe it, just read Revelations. It's in there. You, uh, and, and we're going to stand before our judge. And, and my gosh, we want somebody that'll do it honestly and uh, with some favor toward us and i think i think uh, our, our lord will do that uh, i have no doubt he, he's very forgiving yeah i mean my gosh if he can forgive uh what uh david did i've never transgressed his ten commandments david did two of them you think about it he's I, I know that uh, we have universalists that think all of us will be forgiven. Well, maybe so. I, I not. I don't know enough to make that statement. But uh, this I know: he, you will be judged fairly. Uh, I, I believe in the end, when you're judged, you will get exactly what you want. Say that again. That's that's. I like that. In the end. You will get exactly what you want, what your heart... What you live your life about. I think you'll, you will uh, finally attain that if it's... We could go down that road a while. And I don't know exactly what that means even, but I think you'll get it. I like that. That's West, yeah, yeah. Um, you've given your life to the church. You've served. You've gone door to door. You've given of time, energy, blood, sweat, tears, you've given financially, you've invested at every step of the way in the church. Any regrets? Any regrets in a life given over to service of this thing called body of Christ? Well, honestly, you can't give enough. you got to keep some to live on. And... I, no regrets, no regrets whatsoever. It's it's been. I I think I've lived the life uh, of my dreams. 
I, I don't have a regret of my life at all. I, I know this world, how it works. Yeah. It'll take one life and start another for you. And like my wife is gone, my first wife, uh, I made a pledge with uh, Alice's husband that I would try to look after her as best I could. She, she didn't drive. I would take her to church uh, after he passed away. I looked after Alice, too, uh, even when Bev was alive, because I made a promise I'm going to live by it. Yeah. yeah. Hey, friends, thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week with part two of our interview with Chuck. <laughs>